0: Hello, and this is our little afterlife episode about Land, about our Land episode of the Saucer Life that we did a week ago, if you're listening to this in real time, or probably the most recent one you listen to if you're just sort of going through these randomly or in order, rather, at some point in the future. A very abbreviated sort of afterlife segment this week because nobody had really any comments or questions about Land. because let's be honest, it's Weird Lights in the Sky And strange effects on vehicles. The Air Force had a completely sort of unconvincing explanation. And that's kind of the story, really, as far as I see it. Kind of open and shut, or really open, tried to shut. The case didn't close, and it's just sort of hanging out there, still open. Listener Martin K. did email in with some thoughts and ideas and additional information about the Leveland case. He says, among other things, that... Researcher Peter Rogerson had suggested, quote, that the visual elements of the Sacedo case most probably related to a ropey tornado backlit at one point by a pulse of lightning, end quote. And Martin also says that the current phrasing, quote, might suggest a contagion of paranoia ensued involving various cultural concerns like Sputnik, secret weapons ideas like the Marconi ray mixed with local manifestations matching UFO imagery templates, end quote. I think all of those things are much more convincing than ball lightning, especially the sort of thin tornado backlit by a flash of lightning. I can see that being very, very convincing, but some very interesting information there or ideas there from the Leveland case. In non-Leveland-related listener questions, Stewart says, During the Cold War, I get the impression there were a lot of abduction experiencers and contactees who got messages about humanity coming together and living in peace and that the Cold War was getting in the way. However, after 9-11 and during the War on Terror, I don't get the impression of similar experiences asking humanity to live together in religious harmony and put hostilities aside. I was wondering if A, I am wrong, B, if there is any reason for this other than the aliens getting bored. Thank you, Stuart. That is a good question because one of the things that changes at the end of near the end of the cold war and continuing after the cold war is within the ufo field you've got a sort of sharp division taking place i would say beginning in the late 60s picking up in the early 70s and nearly complete by the 1980s between the nuts and bolts types and i would include abductees most abductee Narratives or theories in that sort of nuts and bolts, they're here to get us type from the more new agey universal peace narratives. Now, there's still some crossover, and these two fields are borrowing ideas from each other continually, but there is still a space brotherly sisterly love can't we all just get along? Humanity must come together sort of feel out there, but it's kind of sequestered away way away from the more, dare I use this word, mainstream ufological circles. So it's still out there. Those ideas are still floating around out there. If you look at sort of the fact that there are still people channeling Ashtar today, saying things that are updated for our current world situation, but not necessarily substantively different than the sorts of things Ashtar was saying back in the 1950s, you sort of get the idea that a lot of aspects of contactee style thought never really leave. They just got severely pushed under the rug by, um, by the, the ufological monoculture. And if anybody wants to start a band and name it ufological monoculture, You have my blessing, and I can guarantee you at least one sale right here. Okay, last question for today that was emailed in. Uh, Lester says, when Boylan or Greer or whoever do ET diplomacy, who do they talk to? Ashtar? The Nine? Cthulhu's home planet? Lanulos? And what do they do if their credentials are rejected? Since the above mentioned do not have any official standing in any terrestrial country, why would any space aliens take them seriously, unless they're just selling New Jersey or Texas while drunk on space rum? Um, that is a really good question and Greer would sort of be fuzzy about it because he was fuzzy about a lot of the diplomatic details, but Boylan would tell you a whole story about how the aliens chose him and they're from the Galactic Federation. I mean, come on, why wouldn't they be? And they chose him because he is to be, remember, if you listen to the Boylan episode, he's their representative, but also earth's representative. He sort of makes up a weird position that makes no organizational sense where he's sort of advocating for both sides to each other, but mostly for the aliens, not really sticking up for Earth governments or Earth people or anything like that. So if we sort of leave aside our predilection towards tongue in cheekedness, when tongue in cheekedness, there's a that's not a good band name, if we sort of leave that aside looking at this. We can sort of see that the basic as you sort of point out, Lester, the basic fundamentals of diplomacy don't make sense. This framework doesn't make any sense. And you could also ask the question of why alien civilizations would even have concepts like diplomacy. Why would aliens be anything like us at all? It's sort of a throwback to these contact-ish ideas that, that always sort of permeate and never quite disappear, Right. Well, an abbreviated afterlife edition this week. As as you are listening to this, if you're listening to it right away, I am making my way down to the Strange Realities Conference in Nashville, where I will be speaking on saucer felons or saucer swindlers, which may be a better name. Um, the afterlife two weeks ago, we had a, a preview of that with the uh, the fellows from Conspiranormal. And if you're listening to this on Friday the fifteenth, there is still time for you to get your online ticket and watch it from the comfort of wherever you watch things. Um, I was going to say the comfort of your your domicile, but you know, you can watch things wherever you could be like sitting in Panera, drinking their uh, free refills and watching the strange realities conference, which is something um, I don't recommend you know, be somewhere more comfortable than Panera and somewhere with, with cheaper sandwiches. It's a little bit editorializing from me. All right. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you later for Malaysia and beyond. We're going to extend a little beyond Malaysia because Malaysia ended up running a bit thin for our next episode. So we're headed over to East Asia next time. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later.